in this episode. I was able to take the exam online at a pro-metric center in Chicago. And I had no Viva, which is a little different from how it works um, otherwise. So I took my exam online in the US for my Dubai Health Authority license, which is the DHA license. And again, the rules change all the time. So based on literally the month that you're applying, you need to be, um, you know, just visiting their website to see what the current status is. Dubai has a separate body called Dubai Healthcare City, which again is uh, they give the license to, they call it Western trained dentists. Uh, for that, I did not have to take an exam. They automatically used my DDS to convert that into a license. Of course, with both bodies, I had to pay money. And then I was working part-time in a THCC clinic in the beginning and part-time at a Dubai Health Authority clinic. In Dubai, aesthetics is very, very important. People love veneers, people love whitening. Um, and uh, unfortunately, preventative dentistry is not as big. In the US, it's very focused on come in every six months, get your cleaning, get your x-rays done. We do full mouth x-rays. Sometimes we, we do bite wings every two years as a bare minimum, uh, not when a patient is in pain, but as a checkup uh, because the exposure is so low and then you can catch a class too early. I had a wonderful experience working in Dubai, learned so much. There are certain boundaries you can't cross even in the way you speak to you know, people. And that's just cultural norms, you know. Um, and then when I practiced in Kenya, uh, the norms are very different there. So every place I felt like I learned a lot and you observe a lot and then you take it in and then kind of change your way of doing things just a teeny tiny bit. You tweak it, but dentistry doesn't change so much. This is episode 20 of the 32-minute podcast with Dr. Nidhi Kotak. In Dubai, the licensing works a little differently based on where you have your dental degree from. Uh, because mm -hmm. I had an American DDS with two years of work experience, I was able to take the exam online at a pro-metric center in Chicago. And I had okay. no Viva, which is a little different from how it works um, otherwise. So I took my exam online in the US for my Dubai Health Authority license, which is the DHA license. DHA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, the rules change all the time. So based on literally the month that you're applying, you need to be, um, you know, just visiting their website to see what the current status is. So I took that exam. Um, then they give you an eligibility letter saying, okay, you've passed the exam. Now you have one year to find a job. So that's when once I got okay. the eligibility letter, only then did I move to Dubai. Because a lot of people, what happens is they come to Dubai, then they start taking the exam. And then hmm. it's been a year and you've been out of practice. And that looks bad in your application yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So... Uh, I encourage people to finish the exam portion and only then think about moving to Dubai. Um, Dubai has a separate body called Dubai Healthcare City, which again is, uh, they give the license to, they call it Western trained dentists. Uh, for that, okay. I did not have to take an exam. They automatically used my DDS to convert that into a license. Of course, with both bodies, I had to pay money. And then I was working part-time in a DHCC clinic in the beginning and part-time at a Dubai Health Authority clinic. All right. Uh, so did you have to prepare something special for uh, all these exams? Yeah. Uh, it was just my dental decks that I used. I used okay. the same stuff. Um, again, it was 
torturing to go to anatomy and biochemistry yeah, yeah. again but mm-hmm. uh, you got to do what you got to do so that's what i did yeah so cool i mean you started preparing for it and you got through it and then you came here so what is the difference between the dha and the dhc i'm a little confused over there so dubai health authority is basically i would say 90% of dubai and its clinics dubai has built a specific area called the dubai healthcare city it's almost like a mini city hmm. with all fields of healthcare and to practice in that mini city uh, as you might call it you need a specific license the dha license will not allow you to practice there i'm not sure why they decided to do it this way um, but you know it just means that you have to pay twice to get two separate licenses um, with it for a dha with a bds degree from india you can apply for a dhcc you cannot with a bds from india um so that would be one big difference in those two for someone who's trying to move from india to dubai but you could apply for both the exams only because, because i had my dds yes yeah but i would like to know why i mean is is giving dhc exam does it give you an edge over just giving dha alone Honestly it depends on which clinic you're going to be working at um I don't know if you I would call it an edge because if you find a wonderful practice somewhere in Jumeirah of Dubai which is a nice area that falls all under DHA so if you you know it's about the right place at the right time so if you find a good practice you don't need to have a DHCC license I just wasn't happy with the clinic that I was working at um so i feel like i needed to have the other license and because it was okay. fairly easy for me i didn't have to take an exam for dhcc i said why not and then i have my opportunities open bigger and then i eventually did find a practice which was in dhcc so it worked out okay. well for me i'm not really sure if i can ask you this but i would like to know what all locations are a part of dhcc so it's actually just one area it's um call udmeta that's exactly where it is so it's not spread out it's literally mm-hmm. one tiny little you know area yes. that is bordered right. and it's got like i think about 100 buildings now they are building a dhcc part 2 right next to it it's not spread out over dubai it's literally one small area it's not mm-hmm. too far from the airport i would say that's the dhcc cool. zone and you do not have to give the tofel again no not for Obviously. dubai i did not have to take the tofel but if somebody from india wants to give a dha i think they'll have to give a tofel right i will look into that uh but maybe it's changed since 2017 when i right. applied awesome so how was your experience of practicing in dubai so dubai again um it's a whole different world in dubai aesthetics is very very important people love veneers people love whitening um and uh unfortunately preventative dentistry is not as big In the US it's very focused on come in every 6 months get your cleaning get your x-rays done we do full mouth x-rays sometimes we we do bite wings every 2 years as a bare minimum uh not when a patient is in pain but as a checkup uh because the exposure is so low and then you can catch a class too early so that is a given protocol but in dubai when i moved there people will mostly come a when they're in pain which is majority of the times uh and b when they want aesthetic work So that was a a big difference. Yeah. I think in India also sometimes it tends to be like that because you know yeah. my own family <laughs> me me as well. I grew up in India and I don't believe we went to the dentist growing up as like a fun twice a year activity. It was like if you're in pain you'll go to the dentist. Um so I hope that mentality changes over the years uh in countries because 
there's such a big value i feel in preventative dentistry that i i feel like why wait till you know you're in pain and then you need root canal and post and gourd crown just let's do it when it's a small class too so we take routine x-rays as part of our exams um so that in dubai like if i wanted to take x-rays on a patient they'd be like why i'm not in pain oh okay. um so i'm like yes <laughs> but i want to check if you have a cavity they're like yeah but you can look at my mouth but then it was about educating as soon as you explain to them why you're checking patients are receptive of that idea um so that way i just felt like it was a whole different world uh but i i had a wonderful experience working in dubai learned so much there are certain boundaries you can't cross even in the way you speak to you know people and that's just yeah. cultural norms you know um yeah. and then when i practiced in kenya uh, the norms are very different there so every place i felt like i learned a lot and you observe a lot and then you take it in and then kind of change your way of doing things just a teeny tiny bit you tweak it but dentistry doesn't change so much okay so your journey from india to us to dubai it's it's pretty clear now can you guide our listeners uh, somebody from india how can they apply for dha directly if you can yes so if you've done a bds degree and you want to move to dubai um you need a few years of work experience the last i checked it was 3 years of work experience when i moved they were counting internship as well now i feel like you need to check because it can vary and i think that you do need that work experience after yeah. uh, bds i think that's of great value anyway especially mm-hmm. if you can work with a dentist in india who can mentor you um and then uh you uh, go to the online website dha.gov there's again mm-hmm. there's external bodies that you can pay that will do all the work for you there's one called doctors in dubai i actually went through them in hindsight i could have done it myself it's literally instead of me mm-hmm. uploading it on their website it's me yeah. sending it to them and them uploading it so you know again they're going to ask you for all your transcripts uh, from india your work experience letters your internship letters once you've uploaded all of that into their system then they give you an exam eligibility code you can take the exam once you've passed the exam you get the eligibility letter and that's when you can mm-hmm. start applying uh, to jobs in dubai that's kind of a very brief way to put it right but the study preparations would almost be similar if i'm not wrong yes um i would say cuz i took the dha exam and i used the dental dex um yeah. you know people use the dental pulse i believe um whatever mm-hmm. you're using for your entrance exams in india as well but most importantly it's the past papers and questions so there's a lot of support groups on facebook for example you can type in crack the dha or uh, dha mm-hmm. exams where it's a bunch of people studying together and uh, mm-hmm. i found those very helpful because people would post a lot of their doubts and questions yeah. um so that was extremely helpful for me um in passing the exam right so how many years did you practice in us and how many years did you practice in dubai so I, it was 2 years of my dds degree then 2 years of practicing in um chicago and mm-hmm. then about 3 and a half years practicing in dubai so 2 to 4 years in united states and 3 3 and a half in dubai yes right and then you had a small cameo of working in kenya yes tell tell me more about that um i think at some point you know this is more of a personal thing but i felt a little disconnected with dentistry i needed to be reminded of why i took it up in the first place and why i loved it and maybe it was the culture of extreme aesthetic dentistry in dubai or maybe i just you know i needed to see 
different opportunities. Um, so I looked online and I found this uh, place. I had heard of it from some friends who had done it back in the day. Uh, it's called the Maasai Dental Clinic, the World Health Dental Organization of Kenya. So it's actually a clinic that was started by an American dentist um, with support from Loma Linda University in California. So they started it about 10 years ago, actually, or now maybe 12. Um, and it's a fully functional dental clinic, three chairs, dental assistants, state-of-the-art materials and instruments. And it's in the middle of Masai Mara. So there is nothing around the clinic. Uh, we run on a generator. There's animals outside. There was literally, there's electric fencing because it's no, not safe uh, otherwise. I would see elephants right outside my clinic. Um, I'd be extracting a tooth, I'd look out, and there's literally a deer just looking at me. It, it was a surreal <laughs> experience. Um, experience. And it was a lot of extractions. Um, periodontal health is an issue with the Maasai population. We were not doing aesthetic work okay. anyway. We didn't have access to a lab. So it was what you could do to get them mm -hmm. out of pain. Um, so yeah. a lot of extractions. Very busy mm -hmm. clinic. Mm -hmm. I spent about two and a half, three weeks there. And for me, it was life-changing. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. hard work. And then lots of Maasai uh, safari trips. Um, wow. Yeah, so I saw every animal out there. My <sighs> clinic manager was also my tour guide and he mm. would drive us. And there's like no signal there. There's To get Wi-Fi, I had to walk to a nearby lodge mm. where I would have mm. my meals. So it was nice to be disconnected. I think that sometimes the world can get to you. Social media can get to you. Um, your profession mm. can get to you. So this was a great uh, experience for me to reconnect. And I think that it really actually right. helped me with my residency application because somehow all of my interviews for residency were about Kenya. All right. Nice. So how is the experience of uh, working for the Maasai tribe? Um, I've never actually seen or met anyone, but it's there right on your bio. How was that experience? They are so grateful. They are so humble. Um, they treat doctors and teachers like you're, you know, you're really mm. helping their community. And they know you've left mm. your country and come here to work pro bono. They appreciate it. And they are so kind. Uh, it's all body language. Because again, language barriers, I don't speak their language. Um, but uh, dentistry yeah. was a little weird. For example, midline diastemas are a huge part of the Maasai population. Yeah. And mm -hmm. For, you know, decades it's been. So now with the the human anatomy constantly evolving, if the jaws are getting smaller and there's no longer a midline diastema, the parents think it's something mm -hmm. crazy. So a lot of the times mm -hmm. I would have parents come in and say, can you extract, uh, well, I call it 24 and 25, um, but at the mm -hmm. lower uh, incisors, central incisors. And I would just be in shock. I said, no, you know, that's his permanent tooth. That's That does okay. not want to be, you know, you don't need to extract it. And they said, no, 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 it's extra tooth. Uh, he doesn't have mm. the gap. And yeah. a lot of the time educating them helped. But I have heard sad stories of if you don't do it, they're going to do it without anesthetic at home. Mm. So really it's kind of like, a, you know, you have to pick your battles. And again, culture plays a role. And sometimes you have to give in to that. Right. It's it's really different, actually. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's how they perceive things, I suppose. Yeah, and a lot of the times if you have your canines that are, you know, labially erupting, they don't have access to ortho. Mm -hmm. And they literally come in saying, please extract the canine. He's got an extra tooth coming near his nose. And sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, he's never going to get ortho. So 
it's a lot of battles that I had, but mostly it was, you know, a lot of oral surgery, amazing experience, just being in the wild and great work and learning experience. So, yeah. yeah. Did you have to clear any license exams for this as well? Uh, it wasn't an exam. I had to send in all my paperwork to them. So World mm-hmm. Dental Health Organization, um, you apply online, you have to pay, the only thing you're really paying for is your dental license, which is about 300 US dollars. But mm-hmm. um, the accommodation, your food, all of that is taken care of by them. This is their way of, you know, saying thank you for taking time out of your, Amazing. you know, practice and coming here. I paid for my tickets and there onwards, everything was taken care of. Is is it because you had done your DDS and you had so much experience abroad? Is that why you just could join? Or maybe anybody from India also could join in the same way? Anyone from India can also join. They really appreciate and look for dentists who have, um, you know, that kind of skill. Uh, but they do need you to have oral surgery experience because if you're the only <laughs> dentist for two weeks and if you, mm, I would mm, get stuck mm. in the beginning when I was straight out of BDS. It's because I had worked for a few years and gotten much better with my surgery that I I felt pretty confident going there because there's no one to help. Yeah. Um, another way to do it is two dentists can go together. So if you want to look at it as a good learning opportunity, it would be nice if you can find one senior dentist, one, uh, you know, nice. fresh out of school. Yeah. And that way, if you're stuck, someone can help you. I went alone. So I knew that I had to be able to handle situations myself. So you had one more dentist over there along with you. I mean, someone else other than you. Uh, I had my dental assistants. So there's three dental assistants, three chairs. For me, it was one dentist. But you can go to, as a pair as well. That's an option. Nice, nice. So you went there for two weeks. Yeah, two and a half weeks. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so coming to the final part of your journey in academics as well as practice, that's your uh, residency in pediatric dentistry. When did you think about it and what made you join Philadelphia? So when I was in BDS and in DDS, I never dreamt that I wanted to become a pediatric dentist. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just something that didn't even occur to me. It's not that I didn't like it. Then the practices that I worked in Chicago were peds heavy. And um, I knew I was getting better at handling kids. But of course, there were situations where I always had to refer to a pediatric dentist if they needed sedation or GA uh, that was beyond my expertise and just, you know, very anxious children. So I started thinking about it then, but then Dubai happened. Uh, I think it became very clear to me once I was in Dubai, because especially there, you don't get an opportunity as a general dentist as much to work on children. In the US, it's very normal. But there, most parents will want to take their child to a pediatric dentist, which is fair enough. I knew I loved it. I knew I wanted to get better at it. There was so much more that I didn't know. And so I said, you know what? It's been a few years, but I'm going to try. So I tried one year. I didn't get through. And then I said, that's it. I'm putting in everything. Um, I applied to a lot of programs. I really worked on my CV. I went to Kenya. I did all of these things, which really boost your application. And then I did a road trip through US where I did externships. I literally uh, took unpaid leave from my job in Dubai, came here alone for about three weeks, and I just went from city to city. I had contacted a bunch of universities and I said, hey, I'm really interested in your program. Can I come and shadow? And most of them are very receptive to that. You don't have to pay for it. So I'd spend one to two days 
That way they know you, they know who you are. They've yeah, seen your face. Yeah. Um, so I did that for three weeks. I went back to Dubai and then I sent in my application. Then I started getting my interview calls. Uh, I flew back to the US. It was not an easy journey doing it from Dubai. Uh, I'm blessed that I was, I had the opportunity to do that. Um, and then again, I came here and I went from city to city interviewing. I would do an interview, take a red eye flight next morning, do an interview, red eye fly. So it was, it was crazy, but, um, it all worked out. And I, when I interviewed at Temple University Hospital in Philadelphia, which is where I'm at now, I'd also done an externship there. I just knew, I just knew that this is where I want to be. You know, when you shadow at practices, you can see if you fit in there or not. And I knew I fit in here like a glove. So I knew that this was something that I really wanted to get into. And I'm glad it worked out. And, um, you know, I ended up matching at this program in the US, you will only match at one program, say you interview at 20 programs, you will only be accepted to one. Uh, because on the day of acceptance, all the places that you've been to and all the places so you put in a rank order list of I liked one, two, three, four, five, six in this order, then all the candidates that they interview one, two, three, four, five, six, and then there's an online match that happens. So you will only end up at one place and say that was your last choice. So be it. You have to go there. So it's a gamble, but it worked out well for me. I'm so happy in this program and I'm really glad that I'm here for two years. All right, cool. So that's that's really cool. So how long has it been you joined this program? So I moved here in the middle of the pandemic, started the program officially started on July 1st. I was stuck outside the country. My visa hadn't come through. It was a weird time, but uh, my university really stood by me and kept fighting for me to get my visa. Um, I got it and I started the program end of July. So I've been here since then. Nice. And apart from the application process and shadowing in different, different places and universities, was there any other examination that you had to cover? Um, No, because I had my DDS from here, Mm -hmm. I did not have to take an exam. If a foreign trained dentist wants to apply for residency, then you do have to take your NBDE. I will say that majority of residency programs will not take... uh, an applicant unless they have a DDS from the United States. There are some though and I know of students who have gone directly from say India to here and done a residency which is a great path to follow. Your options will be limited because very few states will allow you to practice but if you can crack that it's a great way to start your career and your master's over here. That's awesome. So after pursuing or after graduating from BDS they just have to give national boards, clear it and then start applying for residency programs. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's also really cool. It's been awesome uh, communicating with you. It was really nice to hear your entire journey right from Manipal to your uh, DDS to how you practiced in Dubai to Kenya and now you're back at Philadelphia. It's been so nice to listen to all the different stories and all the different tips that you've given to our listeners and it was really amazing to have you on the 32 Minute Podcast. That is all we have time for in this episode of the 32 Minute Podcast. Do check out all our blogs, contests, events and other episodes on 32minute.com. If you have questions for any of the speakers interviewed on my podcast or if you are someone who has valuable information or experience that can help the listeners or if you would want me to call a particular guest on my show, please mail me on podcast at 32minute.com. I'm also open to your suggestions and ideas to make the show more helpful and exciting. Don't forget to join our Telegram group for all the updates on our activities on the 32 Minute Podcast. I release an episode every Sunday morning, so do subscribe to my podcast to get an alert when I release the next episode. 
please remember it takes 30 hours of hard work for a single episode on the podcast so if you like the show please leave a review and a rating on my podcast this is your host dr mayur davda signing off for now i'll meet you in the next episode of my podcast till then keep listening keep learning